Hello all, my name is Brittany and this is the Exposing Grief Podcast where I continue to remove that stigma of grief and expose it for what it truly is, which is that natural and healthy way of living and loving. I'll also be adding a little bit of a twist. So this podcast will expose the work behind honoring your grief journey, showing you the real hardships and the unbelievable beauty that grief can bring. I'm thrilled to have you here. So let's get to ending the grief stigma and beginning to build hope. Hello, all my Exposing Grief listeners. Welcome, welcome back. I hope you've been enjoying this holiday series. It's been an absolute delight and pleasure to have different people come on and talk about their grief experiences just in general, but particularly around the holiday season because grief and holidays are messy, 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 as I'm sure you've either experienced for yourself or you've heard from the other listeners so or the other guests, rather. So I'm sitting with another guest. I'm sitting with Kelsey. She reached out to me through Instagram and expressed interest. I was like, yes, absolutely. We met just not too long ago and chatted and we connected right away. And I knew she was going to be an amazing fit for all of my listeners. So I'm excited to be with you today, Kelsey. I won't waste any more time. I'll turn it over to you and share a little bit about how you encountered grief and what your experience has been. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Super excited. It's been great getting to chat with you already. So I'm excited for our conversation. Um, My name is Kelsey Fleiter. I am a writer. I live in the Florida Keys. My experience with grief is in January 2021, we lost my papa very suddenly, very unexpectedly, the healthiest man, most active man in the world, and he was gone. And so um, that is how all of this came to be. And um, like I said, I'm a writer. And when I started sharing more about my grief journey and in writing, I found that so many of us feel like nobody understands how I feel. I'm definitely the only one who has this thought or this fear or this worry or this depth of despair and not a single one of us alone. And so um, that's why I reached out to you because I'm just always honored to share and talk about it because Gosh, if anything, the one thing I'm certain of is that none of us are alone. We all have different unique human experiences, especially with grief, but not a single one of us is alone and not a single one of us should walk it alone. We have to, we have to be in community about this. And so I'm very passionate about, about sharing. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so cool that you speak to this piece of being able to discover and feel not being alone, even through writing. Because I talk, I mean, this is partly one of the main reasons we have this podcast is to help people understand you are not alone and the experiences you are having. Chances are, if not everybody, a good portion of people who are grieving have experienced that. So to normalize their experience and let them know exactly what you're saying, if you don't have to walk this alone, but also not everybody, not every platform resonates with everybody. So being able to know, oh, I can also get that through writing. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sometimes you want to just drive around and listen to an audiobook or a podcast and that's super helpful. But then the next day you may find, I just want to cozy up and put on my loved one's old sweatshirt and dive into this, this blog or this book or, or whatever it may be. Um, it's a day by day, sometimes hour by hour thing. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which I think is very fitting for the holiday season. And a lot of what I do is kind of help prep people right? There's a lot of concerns. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of triggers that can come with the holidays. And they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to navigate this. So we kind of put a plan in place. 
with different skills and tools. And then I tell them on the day, do a self-assessment, right? And that could change hour by hour or from festivity to festivity, whatever it might be. And I think what really kind of drew, I mean, there are so many things that drew me to your story, but one in particular that stuck out to me was your papa was dying during the holiday season. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about what that experience was like and how you navigated that? And were holidays even a thing at that time for you? No, No, definitely not. And also, I mean, it was still peak pandemic time as well, because it was the end of 2021. He was diagnosed with a tumor on his lung in November of 2020. And because the hospitals were so backed up and everything was what it was, it took a long time to officially diagnose as a cancer. And so it felt like as soon as we found out it was cancer, he was gone. And so there was the diagnosis at the end of November, right around Thanksgiving. And then he passed January 4th. And so, like I said, I live in Florida. My family's all in Northeast Ohio. And so uh, my son, my husband and I flew up for the holiday season for Christmas. The hospital did release Papa to be home with all of us um, for what was his last Christmas. Um, But because it was a lung tumor and because we were all being very cautious of his health and considerate of everything, um, we actually set up, he had a very large garage. And so he sat in a chair in like a little football chair (laughs) right by the stairs into the garage door. And the rest of us sat as far away as we could with masks on and open presents. Really, it, it was pretty torturous. It, it was not, um, it was not holly jolly by any means, but we all tried, you know, we certainly all tried and he was, he was on, um, breathing machines and all these things. He was kind of still with it, but also anything with oxygen, when you don't have as much oxygen as you need, when you're going through radiation treatments, you are a little bit out of it. And so at one point he turned and asked, why is everybody opening presents? And so um, we just, it's Christmas, Papa, Merry Christmas. And so it was quite honestly, the worst holiday you can possibly imagine. I mean, your favorite person in the world, the patriarch of the whole family is you hope maybe not passing, but also, you know, that they, they are, it was obviously, like I said, not Holly Jolly. That was pretty short just because we wanted him to rest. I'd say we were probably all only together about 30 minutes on Christmas day. And then that night he ended up being back admitted to the hospital because he had fainted. And so he was back in the hospital. Um, and unfortunately that hospital is where he did pass away on January 4th. It was just strange. I mean, like I said, we're, we're opening presents and we're trying to be joyful for him, but we all feel the heaviness. And then we all went back to our homes. Aunts and uncles went back to their homes. Uh, my sisters went back to their homes. And I went back to my mom's house and we had, you know, the, the dinner planned and, and those types of things, but it was truly just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And then of course, New Year's was just not, you know, same thing. We just kind of went through the motions and we were just together. And it's the strangest thing um, because I remember it was New Year's and I took a picture with my aunt because we were all gathered together, crammed into my mom's living room and none of us were okay. None of us had showered in days, you know, and, and it's supposed to be the most joyful, magical time. And we're all just sitting there. And I took a photo of my aunt because I said, I'm just so amazed that this is all happening and we're all here together. Like, this is just there. I feel like there are times in our life when 
you see your loved ones gathering and you see these things happening, but you can't believe it's actually happening. And most of the time that's a happy thing, like, you know, the day of your wedding or um, the day your child is born, all these things like, gosh, I can't believe I'm getting married today. But then you see your family lining up for the processional and you see your mom putting on her last touch of mascara and you realize this is really happening. This is a moment and and we're together in it. And so I definitely had that same experience. Um, Certainly not a joyful day, but just this is such a, a human experience moment that I, it, one of those things that you would never dream of actually happening, it's happening, but we were all together in our despair. And so, you know, we just did what we could Being together was the main thing. Thankfully, when something traumatic is happening, most of the time, a lot of people send a lot of big goods and meals. And so we just ate a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> We, we cried a lot and we talked a lot. Sometimes we didn't talk at all. And that was what it was that, that whole season. My, my mom's birthday is January 3rd. And so the day before Papa passed, yeah. Every single January 3rd, my grandma makes her famous potato soup for my mom's birthday. Obviously, grandma was a little bit busy um, this year. And so my aunt Michelle swooped in and made it without even saying it. She just picked up the tradition, mm. made the potato soup and, and brought it. It's so absolutely brutal but it's so beautiful, the little things that happen in it too. It, it just, like I said, it's just, it's one of those moments that you realize this is the full human experience. This is one of those things that I have thought about and had nightmares about and it's happening and it's here and this is how it's playing out. And you just kind of, you really can't believe it. Yeah. I, I'm, I love the words that you're putting to this and you hit on some things that I had talked about at the beginning of this series of some of the common obstacles people run into is I'm hearing some of these expectations, right? Of like, you know, we tried being cheerful. We tried being joyful because that's what the holidays are. And we were really just going through the motions. And for, it sounds like for your family that worked, obviously it wasn't ideal, but it worked. And then also some expectations around carrying traditions, right? These traditions that you had already established, carrying them on. And what is that going to look like? And without even conversation, your aunt just swooped in and took care of it, right? So I'm happy to hear that you had a positive experience with that. While sometimes we might encounter things where like, oh my gosh, there's these expectations and I don't know how to navigate it. And what am I going to do? Did you find anything in particular that was helpful to help you work through that? Definitely. Um, I, I found that being as honest as possible in every moment something came up was the most helpful because a lot of the time you would find, you would catch either yourself or another family member start to fall in that trap of, okay, here's the Christmas casserole, you know? And you're like, Hey, I see you. And it's okay. Like we don't have to, we can just eat, you know, <laughs> we don't oh. have to do this. And, you know, and, and if, like a lot of the time you can see and, and they're really enjoying themselves and they're feeling the joy. And so a lot of the time that can just be like a, a lean over to the other chair and like squeeze them and say like that it, the castro looks amazing. Thank you so much for making it today. That's mm. you know it's really nice, um, really special. And so sometimes it's not just a direct like, hey, you don't have to be joyful, but it can just be like a lean over and squeeze and like looking them, really looking them in the eyes um, so they know that they're seen. That, that was super helpful. And then for me too, I would just flat out say like, this just sucks. <laughs> yeah. And that honestly was so helpful. Because every single time I would say it, everybody would chime in like, 
yeah, oh my gosh, like some Christmas this is. My mm. God, like here we go, Hallmark. <laughs> When's Hallmark yeah. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas crew going to come in? Like, golly sakes, this couldn't be further from it. I think the worst thing we can do is is divert our attention away from the elephant in the room. That's the most hurtful, worst possible thing we can do when it comes to grief, especially surrounding the holidays. And so just tackling it head on, bringing some levity when you need to, um, and either saying it directly, or if you feel like maybe that person might just need it a little bit more gently, leaning over and just giving them a shoulder squeeze, you know, just doing something loving, refilling their water glass for them, noticing it's empty, getting them water or bringing them a cookie before they can get up because they're busy with the dishes, just bringing them a cookie while they're at the sink, the little moments, but just really seeing everybody around you. And then also seeing yourself and voicing exactly what, what you're feeling because everybody else is too. 100% creating that space mm-hmm. to acknowledge what, and I would imagine that that's part of an expectation too of, okay, because it's supposed to be merry and joyful and whatever, this isn't the space for me to say this sucks. Blah, blah. Uh, you know what? Yeah, it is. It's okay to have that because it does suck and it is very real. So I love that your family, you all resonated with it and created that space to say, hey, this is happening. So let's not sugarcoat it. It is what it is. And we're all here for each other if we need it. And then giving each other permission to not feel the pressure to have the joy if it doesn't come naturally. And if it does, being able to address that in a gentle, soft way, right? And knowing that both experiences are okay. I love that. Absolutely love that. So listeners, I hope if that fits with you, creating space to acknowledge what sucks or maybe what's going great. But then also giving yourself permission and other people in your family permission to feel what they need to feel while navigating the holidays while grieving because it is a beast. You hit on some other pieces too, and this kind of tiptoes a little bit out of the holiday season, but also is part of it because they're in grief, we talk a lot about meaning. And there are some things, you know, you're talking about like, wow, I took a moment to go, this is really happening. And how amazing is it that we can all be here together? I would imagine there is some meaning in that. But then also in our conversation, you communicated a really beautiful thing of how you viewed your papa's passing and kind of how that impacted you. Can you speak a little bit to that piece? So my papa was everybody's favorite person and everybody could be open about saying that he was their favorite person and not a soul would be mad at them. (laughs) Not their spouse, not their best friend, not their child. You would, everybody would openly say Jim Galladay is my favorite person and nobody was offended because he was also their favorite person. (laughs) That's the person that he was. He was an entrepreneur his whole life. He ended up growing a a now global pet food business. But the biggest thing for him is that not just professionally, but personally, he lived so loudly. He squeezed every single bit of juice out of the fruit of the life he was given. And so when it comes to personally, he was loud. He was that person who was in the restaurant laughing too loud. And he was the person who would really linger on the the so-called small conversations and make sure that the person who might just be his landscaper or might just be the cashier, he would make sure that he lingered around and made whatever it may be, whether it's just a conversation about the grass or a conversation about what's on special at the grocery store today so meaningful and impactful. Every single person that had an interaction with him left changed. 
it didn't matter if it was two minutes or 30 years, you were changed by him. You know, professionally, of course, he pursued all of his dreams um, when he was young and, and all throughout his life. You know, as any kind of profession, if you're going for it wholeheartedly, people are going to doubt you and judge you for these things. He never cared. He kept going. I think he just fully embodied the, the phrase life is short in every single day of his life. He didn't want to leave anything behind. And so for me, knowing that personally, professionally, in every single way, he just lived. I find so much peace in that because I know he lived his life exactly the way he specifically was supposed to live it. And that's how we're all supposed to live it. And the, it's that childlike joy and that childlike wonder and that childlike sense of possibility and confidence and joy. And, you know, we, we stuff it out as we age and as we go through life, but we were never meant to do that. We were never meant to stuff it out because we could not have tomorrow. We could not have the next hour. You just never know. And so that childlike joy and wonder and sense of possibility and confidence that I'm going to go after this and I'm going to say this super kind thing, even if the person looks at me like I'm crazy because I just met them. Um, I'm going to chase the stream. I'm going to laugh so loud. I'm going to blare my Bee Gees music and I'm going to do all these things. That's always how we were meant to live. That's why we were born the way that we are. That's how we were supposed to live forever and ever. And I will always, anytime I'm having a really greasy day, a really hard day, or just angry, I'm wondering why, you know, it's just a cycle sometimes. I'm sad or I just really miss him. I always go back to remembering he just lived, he lived, he had no regrets, none. And so for me, I use that as fuel to not just celebrate his life, but also remind myself when I leave, I want my family to have the same peace. I want them to say, oh my gosh, Kelsey was so just, just obnoxious and annoyingly joyful. And she just went so hard after her dreams and she loved people like like the Agnes the little girl from Despicable Me with the unicorn like that's how she was just whoa <laughs> she was <laughs> but she lived she was alive she was really here and I want to live in a way that when I'm gone my family can point to that same piece and say you know what gosh I miss her so much but she lived she really lived her life because the piece I found remembering that regarding my papa has been everything. When we first met and you told me that story, there were many things I loved about it, but a couple in particular, one of like, I know who this person is, right? Just the way that you describe him. And I, I encountered people like that myself and it, you just do you, there's something about them. They make you feel like you're the most important person in the world. And everything that you're saying is so interesting and it's genuine, right? Mm -hmm. You know that they genuinely love what you're saying and they want to know more about you and all right. It just leaves this incredible feeling. So as you were describing him, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I can get a really good idea of who this man was. I also love this piece, not only because you're talking about this meaning making, but you're talking about this legacy piece. And that can be part of meaning making for people of what legacy did they leave behind that I was strongly impacted by and, or, what legacy of mine do I want to leave behind looking back on the legacy that they left? Or it could be a combination of everything of how do I want to carry their legacy with me while also creating my own legacy? And it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. And it is such a powerful piece to the grief journey. So I love that you have found that 
And I can tell you resonated with, with it, just how you speak about it. Yeah, it has, it really has just changed everything. And, you know, when, especially things like, you know, like I said, like sometimes you have a griefy day, whether that's wondering why, or gosh, I'm just sad. Gosh, I just miss them. Those come up more than ever during the holidays. And so I just encourage folks to celebrate however that may be. I love that you said at the beginning that you kind of plan out um, with folks. Okay. So this is leading up to the holiday. This is how we're going to celebrate. This is how we're going to feel on this day. But then you check in on the actual day or on the, you know, leading up to the day, because it, it does change. Sometimes you're going to think I'm going to set them a place at the Thanksgiving table. I'm going to set a place. I want to make a place for them. I'm going to pour them their favorite drink. I'm going to make them a plate. I'm going to do all this, all these things. And then Thanksgiving dinner may come and you're making that plate. You're putting the fork out and you feel overwhelmed and you're shaking. And it's not like a good grief moving through the emotions, healthy shake. It's, it's a, I'm going to have a panic attack shake. So then just put the utensils back. It's okay to do that. It's okay to change it. And I just think celebrating the holidays big and small, whether it's Valentine's or Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever holidays you celebrate, invite your loved one to the family table. However, that feels best to you in that moment, in that specific day. Sometimes that might mean um, having a pumpkin pie on their birthday. If that was their favorite. Other times that might mean absolutely blaring their favorite BG song because it's Valentine's day and you know that they're smiling too. And then other times that might mean just saying, Hey, I know that it's Christmas, but I'm just really having a hard time. And I feel weird right now putting a placement out for him. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit and be with him quietly to myself. I'm okay, but this is how I'm going to do that today. And so pulling them into the holiday, acknowledging the elephant in the room that yes, they're gone, but also allowing yourself to change plans and to find what feels best to you in that moment, because you might be surprised. You, you might find that, gosh, I, I loved pouring him a glass of eggnog. That felt really good. I feel like he's actually sitting next to me. Or you might find, I loved putting up his ornaments. Or you might find, I actually want to put his ornaments away and just put on his old hat. Or you just want to be in your thoughts. And that's absolutely fine. There's no rule book. As long as you are acknowledging it and feeling it and being honest with yourself and those that you love, there's no rule book. There's no right or wrong. Yes. 100%. I love this piece of, and you had said this in our conversations in the past too, of finding a way to welcome them, welcome them or invite them to the holiday table. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, that's gold. (laughs) Because I mean, it is. And I think that can be one of the biggest obstacles of figuring out, do I want to acknowledge my loved one on the holidays? And if so, how am I going to do that? And how am I going to do that in a way that allows me to honor my grief journey, but also respects where other people are at. And you're speaking about it perfectly of it's that permission, right? That permission to grieve and feel the way that you need to feel on that day. And also creating space to say, Hey, here's where I'm at. It's okay. I'm okay. But this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. You do you, I'm going to do me. And I think especially for the holidays, it's such a gut instinct for families to just like, like you said, like pretend like everything's cheerful because it's the holidays, but that's just going to make it worse. And that's just going to isolate everybody even more. Everybody's already feeling really sad. Everybody's already experiencing very upsetting, different ranges of emotions. And so adding another piece to the puzzle of having to tiptoe around the elephant in the room and feeling like you can't just be however you may be 
that is going to make everybody feel worse, including yourself. And so whenever you feel like I'm just going to pretend like everything's cheerful and I'm not going to even say his name today because Mm -hmm. nobody wants to hear it. Like I said, the worst thing you can do is divert attention from the elephant in the room because that's just going to isolate everybody and yourself. Absolutely. And I think that's a good reminder of, you know, how can you create space even for yourself to honor the, the ho- your grief and navigate the holidays as needed. We, uh, you, <laughs> all of my guests do this amazing thing of give all the listeners all sorts of different things to think about and tools and all of this stuff. And it's so fantastic. And it can, I would imagine for listeners, sometimes it can be like, oh my gosh, like, where do I start? There's so many things. So I always like to wrap up an episode and tie it in a nice little bow with the question of if the listeners take nothing away from this episode, which of course I hope they take everything, but if they take nothing but this one piece, what are you hoping that the listeners are taking with them today? My hope is that you allow yourself to walk into the holiday season as a human being with no other label, but just a human being. Don't pre-label yourself as I have to do this. I have to feel this. I need to show up with a big smile and a big Christmas wreath or a big turkey. I, all you have to do is show up as a human being. I, when I first lost Papa, my therapist said to me, you know what, Kelsey, sometimes the bravest thing we can do is just brush our teeth. And that's what I I encourage anyone who is really, really experiencing deep, deep, heavy grief this holiday season, show up to the holidays as human being and remember that just going, just showing up and brushing your teeth is the bravest, boldest thing you can do. And it's okay to just be a human being because that's, that's what you are. A beautiful and perfect message to leave the listeners with. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing your story and your insight and being vulnerable with myself and the listeners. It's, I just, I'm always so grateful to my listeners. I know it's a, a, a raw spot to be in no matter how far along in the grief journey you are. So I appreciate not only your willingness to come on, but also the courage and the bravery to reach out and say, Hey, I want to come talk to your listeners. So thank you, Kelsey, for your time and your story. Absolutely honored. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. If you want to connect with me, my information is always at the bottom. And if you'd like to connect with Kelsey, are are you interested in having listeners connect and ask questions or check out your writing or anything like that? Sure. I'm always open, always open to chat and connect. Um, The best place to find me is Instagram. That's where all the, all the links to all the things are. Um, and it's Kelsey at Kelsey.Flighter. That's K-E-L-S-E-Y dot P as in Paul, F as in Frank, L-E-I, D as in Donald, E-R-E-R. <laughs> when- oh, my last name. I'm sending you a cookie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. So when she and I had conversations in the past, I had asked for her email. She's like, I'll just message it to you because my last name is a little complicated. So <laughs> listeners, I will put her Instagram information at the bottom. So you don't have to <laughs> frantically write that down, but it will be down there for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And have a happy, happy holiday. Um, I hope you, and I know you will, but I hope you honor your papa in whatever way feels right for you. And listeners, I hope you do the same. You honor your loved ones in a way that feels right for you. And if that means not doing it this year, that's okay too. But honor where you are, acknowledge that elephant in the room and give yourself permission to show up as a human. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelsey. Listeners, we will chat soon. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Exposing Grief. I want you to know that you are playing an important part in removing that stigma of grief and in turn creating a world where expression of love for our living and deceased loved ones is acceptable and welcomed. For that, I am forever grateful to you. If you resonated with this episode today, please share it with someone you believe would benefit or I welcome any and all reviews so it's easier for others who need this hope in their life to find me. Here's to honoring your grief journey and empowering others to do the same. Until next time.